When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and boy, do we have some football to talk about today. CJ Stroud is elite. Jamison Williams is ready to return, and Matt Canada has a burner account on Twitter. Plenty more to talk about as well, so why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. First things first, good morning, everyone. Glad to see you here in the chat. What is up, big time Timmy Jim? Guten Tag to you. Good morning, Instagram chat as well. Let's get things rocking. We're going to start things off. I'm going to share my screen here. I saw this clip on Reddit. Check this out. This is Daniel Jones being pressured immediately. Literally, look at that. He snaps the ball right here. One second later, four dudes are about to sack him. And that's the problem. I'm going to play this one more time while I talk about this. That's the problem with New York right now. It's not Daniel Jones. It's not the fact that Saquon Barkley is out, although that would help him. And it's not the fact that Darren Waller isn't performing well. What's, what's wrong here is that offensive line is terrible. That offensive line is terrible. Daniel Jones right now has been sacked the second most times in the league, already sacked 22 times, 22 sacks already. Ridiculous. He has the fifth most pressured throws as well so far this year, and that was only through three weeks. The player profiler data has not been updated yet with the fourth week stats. So we're still talking about a guy who was basically pressured the most in the league. Right, And they had just spent a first-round pick on Evan Neal, who looks to be a bust already. Granted, there's going to be some more time, and you know, maybe he'll turn it around. But he's literally – I saw another clip of Evan Neal going to block, and he blocked Darren Waller. He blocked his own teammate. He walked over and started blocking Darren Waller, letting a dude run right past him. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's not Danny Dimes. It's not Danny Dimes. They will figure it out here in New York. They're not going to be this bad forever. They've just got to figure out this offensive line. Now, here's the big issue, though, because if you go to the next player, right, that I want to talk about here, it's C.J. Stroud, who has actually been playing without an offensive line. Laramie Tunsil's been out, right? They had uh, Kenyon Green, their left guard, was out for the year with a shoulder injury, so they went and traded for another left guard, Kevin Green, who suffered a torn meniscus and is now out, out indefinitely as well. So while this Texans offensive line has been bad, C.J. Stroud hasn't. C.J. Stroud right now has already thrown for 970 yards in just the last three weeks, and he's playing behind backups on this offensive line. He has six touchdowns. He has zero interceptions, and he's slinging it. 
So CJ Stroud is more than elite, to be completely honest with you. The elite of the elites overcome bad offensive lines, and CJ Stroud is already doing it. Fun fact, got this from the Sports Center. CJ Stroud is only the sixth player in NFL history, not sixth rookie, sixth player in NFL history to average 300 pass yards and zero interceptions through the first four games of the season. Who are the other quarterbacks that have done this, you might ask? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. CJ Stroud, elite already. It's really, really impressive what this guy is doing with no offensive line, weapons that we weren't sold on going into the season, and a brand new coaching staff on a team last year that, frankly, had nothing going for them. Was a dumpster fire. And now CJ Stroud is firing up not just his team, but also the fans. There's an interview out there. I highly encourage you to go look it up, talking about how they haven't won a home game in Houston since 2021. And CJ Stroud said, we're not having that. I want my Texans fans to be able to be proud of what they wear. I hate it when my Lakers lose. And I know that my Texans fans hate when we lose. We're not having that here. That's what he says. And I just love that from CJ Stroud. This is only the beginning, guys. This is only the beginning. I really do think that he is so much more ahead of him. And I mean, again, this is just the beginning. I'm sending out offers for CJ Stroud right now, even with the expensive price tag. Going back to Daniel Jones, I'm sending out some offers for Daniel Jones with the cheap price tag, right? Because even though Daniel Jones does have the fifth most pressure throws, he's ninth in pressure completion percentage, which is still really good. So I do think Daniel Jones turns it around, but it is concerning when you see a rookie without an offensive line doing the things that CJ Stroud is doing so early and so competently. C.J. Stroud, an elite quarterback. Daniel Jones, just good, if even that. Someone who's not good at football is Chase Claypool. He had a great rookie season, but since then has completely fallen off. The Bears did one of the worst trades in NFL history, sending their 32nd overall pick for Chase Claypool last year, and he's done nothing with the team. He was put on the trade block last week, and well, all they wanted was a 6th or 7th round pick maybe even a pick swap, and the, the uh, stuff that I've seen so far uh, say that no team even wants to pay that for Chase Claypool. No team wants to even pay that for Chase Claypool, and that's a problem. The rumors now are that he'll probably be released by the end of the week or next uh, if they can't get any offers for him. I'm not going to say it's over, right? There's still a chance that Chase Claypool can, for some reason, end up on a really good team, but I'm imagining if no NFL team is willing to pay even a seventh-round pick for him, that a really good team's not going to sign him. But we'll see. We'll see. Grayson's telling me to quit yapping, Grayson. I just encourage you to stop watching, to be completely honest. We do this every morning here, <laughs> talking about what's going on around the NFL. So thank you for tuning in, though. I appreciate the view, Grayson. I do. Next up, let's talk about Matt Canada. As we talk about bad players, especially a bad player who came from Pittsburgh. Let's talk about Matt Canada, because Matt Canada is one of the hottest topics right now under tons of debate, being discussed as one of the worst offensive coordinators ever. And, well, it's with good reason. Right now, the Steelers' offense is 25th in points for, 29th in yards. In passing offense, they have the 25th most pass yards and 18th most passing touchdowns. For rushing, they have the 29th most rushing yards and the 31st most rushing touchdowns. Just not good at all. Just not good at all. Their last place and even first downs on this team last place in first downs they can't 
they can't move the ball to save the save their lives. None of these guys are being fantasy football producers, at least in like the the second to first tier of their position. No one's playing well. No one is playing well, and it all goes back to Matt Canada. It truly does because we've never seen this before of the Steelers until Matt Canada arrived, and he's had failure before. But I don't want to talk about how bad he's being. I want to talk about his burner account that has been discovered. If you go to Twitter and look for Danny Football 77, you will be treated with Dan Robbins. Let me share my screen here. Dan Robbins defending Matt Canada, right? Blitzberg tweets out, Kenny Pickett might not be it, but we won't know his full potential until he gets a real offensive coordinator. Matt Canada is certainly not helping him out in his development. Dan Robbins replies, and then when the next guy doesn't magically turn him into Patrick Mahomes, he'll be cast away too. There's another. Blitzberg then pits out, points out, George Pickens is a superstar on any other team with a competent offensive coordinator. Dan Robbins points out, well, George Pickens has 30 targets through four games. That's the same as guys like CeeDee Lamb. Canada's getting him involved. Get your facts straight. You want another one? There's another one. Stephen A. Smith on ESPN is screaming about Matt Canada right now. Dan Robbins replies, Todd Haley, Randy Fitchner, and now Matt Canada. Who's the common denominator here? It's Mike Tomlin and Chris Boswell passing the blame onto someone else. So we see this Danny football guy defending Matt Canada a lot, right? We, we see it all over Twitter. There's tons of examples. Go check out this Twitter page. So someone thought it would be fun. And this guy's a genius for this. This is so funny. He does, He thought it'd be fun to try the forgot password option for this, this account. And what email is listed matt.canada at steelers.com is the listed is the listed email <laughs> oh my god so matt canada confirmed as the owner of this burner account absolutely hilarious that he is going through these steps to defend himself Oh my God. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to even more things as there's tons of news around the league. We'll talk about Jamison Williams as I haven't had a chance yet. We've talked about Jamison Williams all offseason. Guys know he's someone I've been targeting heavily and that I do believe when he returned, he would perform well in three weeks. Well, his suspension was lessened and now he will be returning this week. And boy, am I excited. I've got some interview quotes for you uh, about the return. This is from the Associated Press. The whole time I was staying in shape. I was catching. I was doing those things to where when I get back, I'll be ready. I'm ready for it now. I just have to tune up some small things and I'll be ready to go. The 22-year-old added that he's not fretting about being ready, having kept himself in shape during the suspension by catching off the jugs machine at home. Williams said that the chemistry with Jared Goff shouldn't be an issue despite the time away. We've had time at camp. We had some time today. After practice, we've been hanging out. Whatever he thinks is good, we need. So I don't think it will take a lot of time. It will be good work when we get going. Coach Dan Campbell goes on to note that we shouldn't expect Williams to play a full slate of reps out of the gate. 
as the Lions will work the speedy receiver into the game plan. It's just about polishing all the little things, and we also know if he does play, he can't play 60 plays. That's not smart, so we can't do it to him. We'll see where it goes. It's all about improvement, no different than the rest of the team, man. And this is true. I do think that it is fair that Jamison Williams will get a little bit of a snap share. I think one reason to expect this is the fact that the Lions didn't even expect this, right? They were expecting him to come back in a few weeks from now, so it didn't really matter to them. Will he still get some usage? 100%. But I don't think that we're going to see the full Jamison Williams usage yet. Him lined up outside 90% of the time, running streak routes 90% of the time. I don't think we're going to see that yet. I think we're going to see him maybe hit a 50% snap share this week uh, and you know maybe three, four targets, maybe a touchdown. I don't think anything's super fancy. I'm unfortunately having to start him as I'm being bit in the ass by bye weeks this week and a couple injuries. I think it'll be okay. He is the type of player to still score tons of points off of limited opportunity. We saw how explosive he was at Alabama, over 1,500 yards over 15 touchdowns, three extra touchdowns on special teams, a hyper producer, a hyper athlete, a former first round pick, in fact, a former top 15 pick last year, right? So Jamison Williams, I'm very, very excited for his return. I'm saying to buy him now while you still can. However, I will say there might be some credence to waiting until next week, just in case he doesn't get a good workload this week that will make the buy window even more open. I'm not taking that risk. I'm just going to go ahead and send out some offers for him and try to get him. Luckily, I've got like 90% exposure to this guy because he went so cheap. But still, I'm excited for Jamison Williams. I think it's going to be fun. And I'm glad to hear that he's been grinding on the jugs machine during his suspension. And I'm glad to hear that he's staying after practice to work with Jared Goff. Those can only mean good things. And I'm excited to see what happens upon his return. I've got, uh, let's talk about some NFL stats I saw. I saw some fun stats this morning. We'll go ahead and talk about those real quick. The first one. The first NFL stat I want to talk about. If you feel like games this year haven't been great, you're correct. This is the most blowouts that the NFL has seen through four weeks since 2014. There are more games with 20 plus point victories this year than any other year going all the way back to 2014. So that was pretty cool to see. Offenses are still clicking. Um, And the Detroit Lions so far have the number one rush defense in the NFL. They faced Isaiah Pacheco, who they held to 23 yards. Kenneth Walker, they held to 43 yards. Bijan Robinson, they held to 33 yards. Tyler Algier, they held to 12 yards. Aaron Jones, they held to 18 yards, right? So that that rushing defense for the Lions is looking good. Uh, And really just the pass rush as well as Aiden Hutchinson has finally come into his own. This Detroit Lions defense is really special. And the Detroit Lions team in general is really special. And finally... Currently standing in the NFL, I figured this would be fun just to talk about real quick. The first place team in the AFC is the Buffalo Bills. The first place team in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys so far. About par for the course. I think that could have been expected going into the year. I mean, most people probably would have said Chiefs and Eagles, but still Bills and Cowboys, not that big of a surprise. The surprise really is the worst team in the AFC is the Broncos. And the worst team in the NFC and also the entire NFL is the Giants right now. Uh, and this is just kind of based on point differential, how many points they're giving up and losing by and all that fun stuff. So the Buffalo Bills have won by 84 points, the Cowboys by 83, the Broncos have lost by 50 points, the Giants have lost by a whopping combined 76 points so far this season. Hopefully they can turn things around because that is just not even fun to watch, right? So the point differential, getting a lot of these teams, making them look really, really good. Also, 
Uh, I don't have the overlay for it for some reason, but we'll just talk about real quick. I did see that the Panthers are heavily invested into Bryce Young right now, as as we already knew, right? I mean, they traded so much to get him. But there are new reports now from Schultz uh, that uh, they're in the market for a number one receiver. In fact, a true number one receiver. They are really, truly going out there to try to get a real weapon for Bryce Young. They're sold on him as the player and as a person, which is really good to hear. So I'm excited to see who they do bring in. They don't have a ton of cap space. They've only got $9 million, but I'm sure they could work something out. Um, And yeah, it'll be cool. If they do get a wide receiver one for Bryce Young, I I mean, obviously he's going to perform better. I, I don't know who it would be. Some names that are, of course, floating around right now are like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, who we talked about earlier, none of which are extremely tantalizing. I think Mike Evans could be good, but I mean, he's old. I, I would just, I would want them to go for a younger alpha so they could develop this chemistry with him. But I mean, if they're just going for the one year, I mean, this division is still up for grabs. So maybe that is an option. T. Higgins, I think, makes a little bit more sense given the youth and the way he hasn't been playing well you know you might be able to get him a little bit cheaper uh and donovan people's jones i think could be sneaky right i think you can get him for cheap and i think he could produce well but of course he's no true wide receiver one um i don't know who it'll be right i don't know who it'll be but i'm i'm very glad to see them going out there and trying to do this for the young quarterback i'm buying bryce young as we'll talk about here in a second um i do think that he's going to turn things around in a big way i really do so um i'm buying bryce young and it'll only get harder to buy him if they do bring in a wide receiver one for him. So go ahead and do it now. And finally, let's talk about the pup list and the IR. We had some players being activated, some players not being activated. Uh, and we'll talk about those. Jonathan Taylor is being activated. He is returning to practice today. That's going to be cool to see. Rest in peace to Zach Moss. Keaton Mitchell is expected to be activated and probably see his first action of the season on Sunday. Go ahead and start stashing him. Jelani Woods is not being activated after I've been hyping him up so much this week. So sorry, guys. I really did think he'd be activated. It was just a hamstring injury, but perhaps it's a little bit more severe. So with that news, uh, he will probably return next week, right? I I can't imagine they keep holding him out here. But Jelani Woods not being activated. You can start up your Mo Alley-Coxes and stuff one more week. Jeff Wilson is expected to be activated. Not sure what kind of usage he will get. I'm still in the camp that he would be the odd man out here. I think it would be Mostert and HA before him, but we'll see how that gets developed. And then I couldn't find any news on if he would be activated or not, but Jalen Guyton is also a player I want to keep my eye on. With Mike Williams out, I think it's very possible that Jalen Guyton actually locks down that deep threat role like he's had in the past. He's definitely the fastest guy on this team, and he has produced well in that role before. So I'm looking into Jalen Guyton in my deeper leagues. I think he could be a fun little stash because I do think that he'll have a role when he returns off the pup list. So those are the pup and uh, IR players that could potentially be activated or are being activated. Before we do some buys and sells, let's hear all about the Dynasty Dominator. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then 
see the market sentiment on that player, and you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the Price Lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer, so you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win-now team, this is a rebuilding team, and then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side-by-side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the App Store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Get that Dynasty Dominator app for sure. And if it so behooves you, get the all-in package as we have lowered the price from $145 to all the way down to $85. Each individual package has been lowered from $45. 230 as well so go check that out at playerprofiler.com slash membership you can see all the packages that we have available for sale now for sale and you can use promo code jason for ten dollars off buys and sells buys and sells spending money making trades it's fantasy football baby i'm starting off with bryce young as we just talked about him i already said it i'm buying him but i just want to give a little bit more reasoning here Last week, Bryce Young coming off the ankle injury. As expected, I did say that I think that him taking that week off, being able to watch how Andy Dalton operates the offense would help him, would benefit him, and it did. He finished the day 25 of 32, an extremely high completion percentage, in 204 yards, and no interceptions. He didn't score the ball, didn't get any touchdowns either, but that's fine, right? I do think that those will eventually come as the offense gets better. But the big story here is that Adam Thielen is playing very well. Terrace Marshall is playing decent. DJ Chark is playing decent. And Jonathan Mingo, before his concussion, was getting fed and doing okay with it as well. So the supporting cast around Bryce Young is fine, right? And if they bring in another wide receiver, then it's going to get even better. Uh, And yeah, he threw those two interceptions in week one, hasn't done it since. And he's thrown the ball 30 plus times in every single game. The Panthers are going to be behind or in close games all year as well. And so I think it's going to be good. And surprisingly, he has the six most unrealized air yards, which shows that there's still some untapped ceiling there for Bryce Young. I do think things will bounce back around for him. And we're also seeing him start to scramble as well. He had 30 rush yards in week two uh, and getting a few little, getting some yardage there, which I think could, uh, you know, give him a nice floor as, as he continues to do that. And if they don't bring in a wide receiver one, right, there's always Marvin Harrison next year with the way they're playing now. So Bryce Young, I'm buying, and I'm also buying Jonathan Mingo. Because even if they do bring in a wide receiver one, I do think that Jonathan Mingo is going to still get his targets. Before his concussion, he had five targets, eight targets, and then five targets in half a game. In half a game. So he was on pace for another monster target game. We saw Terrace Marshall last week at 10 targets. I think most of that was the Jonathan Mingo usage. So I am buying Jonathan Mingo while he's cheap, while he hasn't played in a couple weeks right? I think the price is low because even though he's been having the targets, he hasn't had the production. He still hasn't even crossed 30 yards. So Jonathan Mingo is an excellent buy right now. Another buy is Kyle Pitts. I know he's been starting awful. The Falcons offense looks awful, but guys, it just doesn't matter for a player like Kyle Pitts. And you don't even have to buy him to throw him in your lineup. But when buying opportunities arise for players such as Kyle Pitts, you've just got to capitalize on it. You can put yourself in tight end hell with him on the bench until he figures it out, right? But if the Falcons do bring in a quarterback upgrade, then Kyle Pitts is going to get even more impossible to obtain. The week that we finally get a Kyle Pitts ceiling game, he's off the trade block, right? So you've got to do it while you can. And you can get burned by it. It's fine. But he's a superstar with so much ceiling on an offense that's only going to get better. So I'm buying Kyle Pitts. I really am. I really am. 
I think you have to. I genuinely do believe you have to. And wouldn't it just be funny, right, now that everyone's sold on Jonu Smith, right? Everyone's like, oh, you've got to go pick up Jonu Smith. He has this role locked down. He's the tight end of roster on the Falcons. Now that everyone's finally sold on that, wouldn't it just be funny if next week Kyle Pitts has a ceiling game? That's exactly how these things tend to go, is everyone gets sold on one player, and then it's over for that player It's the next guy. So look for Kyle Pitts to bounce back at some point. And if they ever bring in a quarterback, right, which I do think they will, especially next year, then Kyle Pitts is going to be impossible to obtain. Do it while you can. Do it while people are upset with his performance. You'll be happy you did so when he finally does tap into that ceiling. Joe Burrow also needs to be bought. And it might he might never get right this year. But how often can you have an opportunity to buy a quarterback of Joe Burrow's caliber in Dynasty Leagues? Never. Really never. So use this opportunity to buy him. And use this opportunity to buy Jamar Chase as well. Yes, you still have to pay up. But you don't have to pay up as much as you had to going into the season. right? You can still get Joe uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase for reasonable prices. And when things are reasonable for those kinds of players, you have to do it. right? And uh, Joe Burrow might have to be a luxury thing. You you might not want to trade for him to depend on your main quarterback right now. But even if you do, I mean, I do fully expect him to bounce back at some point. right? It is Joe Burrow and it is the Bengals who get hot at the end of the year. I mean, it's going to be totally fine. So go ahead and buy him now while things are down. While things are down for Daniel Jones, I think you need to buy him as well because he still had a decent fantasy floor last week despite three turnovers. And that's really good. He's scrambling a ton. And things are going to get better for him as well. The Giants can't be this bad forever. They were in the playoffs last year. Guys, so I do think they'll turn it around. Saquon Barkley will return at some point. The offense will start to look a little bit better. And hopefully the offensive line starts to gel together as well. If Evan Neal can, you know, reach that draft capital play like that, then it'll be fine. So I'm sending out some offers for Daniel Jones right now. Devontae Smith, I'm trying to buy right now. You know, sometimes we always talk about buying high, buying low, selling high on players. So everyone maybe is saying sell high on AJ Brown or buy high on AJ Brown because he just had this game. But it's Devontae Smith that is taking the big hit here, right? When his teammate has such a big game, and now two weeks in a row that A.J. Brown has outperformed Devontae Smith after the season started off well for Devontae Smith. Now, you know, owners are like, damn, well, I guess A.J. Brown still is the alpha, which is true. But Devontae Smith is still going to have his games, and he's obtainable right now for a cheap-ish price. So I'm sending out some offers for Devontae Smith. Jameer Gibbs as well. Jameer Gibbs needs to be bought. He's playing not great not getting a ton of usage, and David Montgomery is the story here, which means you can buy Jameer Gibbs. If you remember what the price was this offseason, it was astronomical. It's nowhere near that now, which means it's a buying opportunity. It's a buying window. And rookies sometimes start off slow. We have been treated to some awesome rookies as of late, and even this year, right, with Bijan Robinson, or Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker last year, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. But would you be surprised if I told you Jameer Gibbs has the same amount of touches through four weeks that Christian McCaffrey had through his first four weeks as a rookie? You would be surprised. You would, but it's true. Jameer Gibbs is still getting plenty of opportunity. It's just not as much opportunity as David Montgomery. But he's still being utilized, and he's still a hyper athlete, right? So go buy Jameer Gibbs while you can. It's going to get better as the season goes on. Cam Akers, I think you need to buy. Cam Akers, I think you definitely need to buy because I still don't believe in Alexander Madison. And I still do believe in Cam Akers. I think he'll turn things around. I think there'll be a few games there where he's the lead back. Say Alexander Madison gets hurt or, you know, just ends up sucking and loses the job altogether. But Cam Akers is dropped in a lot of leagues. You can pick him up and hold him. And I bet you can get him for like a third round pick. 
right? And I'm doing that. I still think the upside and ceiling is there for Cam Akers, still a really good athlete on a really good offense. And that's honestly two things you want, right? So Cam Akers. Jackson Smith and Jigba, this is perhaps the biggest buy on the show. Jackson Smith and Jigba, compared to every single rookie, has probably had the worst start, right? We just talked about Jameer Gibbs off to a bad start. Jackson Smith and Jigba has an even worse start. But, you know, we saw him on Ross A. Brown's rookie season, right? He didn't do anything until like the last few weeks of the season. And then he became hot and ended up being still a top 24 wide receiver. So I think there's still plenty available for Jackson Smith and Jigba. But things will get better as the year goes on. Tyler Lockett's old. DK Metcalf has had injury history before as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba is fine and going to be awesome, especially going into 2024, 2025. You need to buy him now while you can. Jalen Waddle as well. Jalen Waddle as well. He's going to have ceiling games, guys. Buy him before that ceiling games happen. Buy him before people remember how good Jalen Waddle is and was, right? Jalen Waddle is still a really, really good athlete on the Miami Dolphins. Buy Tyreek Hill, who is also old and has a little bit of an injury history. There's going to be Jalen Waddle games. So buy him while you can. His price has taken a huge hit. Cooper Cup as well. With Puka Nakua hyping himself up, getting all this hype in general, People don't know what kind of usage Cooper Cup is going to get. But he's going to get Cooper Cup usage. It's Cooper Cup. So buy him while you can, especially for you contending teams, teams that have started off really well. You've got to go send out some offers for Cooper Cup. You've got to. You've got to because he's attainable and he used to not be. And that's kind of the argument with all of these. When values change, you've got to move, right? You've got to move. You've got to make moves. That's how it works. That's how you, you know, make your team better. (laughs) You climb up the value ladder with trades. And another buy might be the Steelers, right? They're they're just so down right now. But I think at some point, Matt Canada will get fired and they'll move forward. Kenny Pickett has the injury, so he has this buy window. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are basically splitting usage. Uh, Both of those guys are attainable. I'm probably not buying Jalen Warren because he's expensive for a handcuff. But Najee Harris still worth a dart throw. And George Pickens hasn't produced really well, but I don't necessarily know if it's his fault yet. And if Deontay Johnson does return soon and Pat Fryermuth gets back and this whole offense is at full health, I think it'll be better for this team as a whole. So I'm buying them now while you can. I have some sells for you as well. Not as many sells as I have buys, but we'll start things off with Zay Flowers. I'm selling Zay Flowers. I know I told you guys to do that after week one. I haven't changed my mind. Nothing. Zay Flowers has done nothing, nothing to make me believe he is worth the value. He's being treated as the number one rookie wide receiver from this class, and he's not. You can still get Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and Jigba Plus. At the very least, you can do one-for-one swaps, which I still would do. Zay Flowers right now is 96th in average depth of target. Zay Flowers right now is the 12th most receptions, but only the 27th most yards. Zay Flowers is the 13th most red zone targets, but zero touchdowns. And last week, without Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers only had three receptions. There's not much ceiling here. The Ravens run the ball a lot. Mark Andrews is still the main guy and will be for the foreseeable future. Zay Flowers will be consistent and a good player on your team. But he is not worth the value right now. He is just not worth the value. Sell him now and buy him back at the end of the year after he still hasn't even had a 20-point game, right? When he's just averaging 10 to 15 points, which is good, which is good, but it's not great and you can get a great return for him. I'm going to get burned at the stake for all of these. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is a sell. He's old, right? And he's the number one wide receiver in the league right now. When that's the case, you've got to look to sell. 
you need to get a good return for him because it is still possible, of course, that he doesn't get injured and he does play the whole year and he's still Justin Herbert's number one off target, which is great, 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 great value. And you had him for a cheap price. And so you've got to sell him because you've made money off of him, essentially. And if you can get a really good return for him, I don't see why you wouldn't pivot. I don't see why you wouldn't pivot. Try to get, try to extract some value off Keenan Allen while you can. This one's hard. C.D. Lamb and really just the Cowboys in general. As this defense is playing so well, they just don't need to score a lot of points. And C.D. Lamb in particular is still valued as the fourth best wide receiver, a top 10 overall dynasty asset, which is probably true. So you need to sell high on C.D. Lamb. You still need to get a really good return, but I'm doing it. I'm also selling Tony Pollard. I'm also selling Dak Prescott. I'm also selling Jake Ferguson. I think you should. I think you should because, again, they don't need to score a lot of points. That defense is really, really good. And while they're getting some volume and some usage, it's not as much as they should be getting. And they're not having as much production as they should as well. I will say one little caveat with this is that the next four weeks for the Cowboys are shootouts. So you could maybe wait for one of these to be a ceiling game for any of these guys. They've got the 49ers, the Chargers, the Rams, and then the Eagles for the next four weeks. So I think, you know, C.D. Lamb has a good game against the 49ers, sell him. Dak Prescott has a good game against the Chargers, sell him. Tony Pollard has a good game against the Rams, sell him. Start looking at these Cowboys, wait for a pop game because it's not going to continue. And at some point, they're going to go back to playing the Giants. They're going to go back to playing the Commanders. They're going to go back to playing bad teams. And they're not going to score a lot of fantasy points. I know this is more dynasty that we talk about here, but still I'm moving my Cowboys if I can get a really good return, which I think you can. Brock Purdy, I want to sell as well. I talked about this on Trade Gods last week, but right now Brock Purdy's being treated as a quarterback one, which is fair the way he's playing. But I'm looking to sell Brock Purdy. I mean, you could get Bryce Young plus for this guy now, and that to me is just crazy that we've gotten to that point. Brock Purdy is really good at football. Don't get me wrong. But he's just Jimmy Garoppolo plus, which isn't that great for fantasy football. He's a fantastic quarterback too, right? He's a fantastic quarterback too. But you can get quarterback one return for him, and that's where I would look to sell. If you can get a really, really good for return for Brock Purdy, you've got to do it. You've got to do it because this guy isn't asked to do a lot. He's asked to manage the game. He's asked to run the offense while the defense does the rest, and he's asked to put it in the hands of playmakers. He's not going to have many games with even three touchdowns, right? Most of these games for him are going to be two touchdowns, maybe three. Not any four touchdown games, five touchdown games. That ceiling just is not happening for Brock Purdy, and that's fine, right? He's getting you, you know, 20 points a game, which is exactly what you want from your quarterback too. But again, you can get a really, really nice return for him. And you can also get a really, really nice return for his teammate, Christian McCaffrey. Coming off the best game of the season, the highest scoring player of this week, that means it's a sell window. I know, I know, I know it's Christian McCaffrey. He's the hardest player to sell. But with the past injury history, with the points and usage that he's getting now, he probably will get hurt at some point this year. He probably will. And so I'm looking to sell him while I still can, while I still want to get a massive, massive return. I'm You got to get a massive return. Like I'm talking like three Derrick Henry's type of return for Christian McCaffrey. But you can do that, right? The way he's playing, he's touted as the number two dynasty running back across the general consensus but he's 28 <laughs> or just up there in age, right? So I think 27 now, doesn't matter. 
older injury history, getting a ton of usage, sell Christian McCaffrey for a huge, 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 huge return. Alexander Madison, I'm selling as well. If I'm buying Cam Akers, I have to be selling Alexander Madison. In fact, I would sell Alexander Madison for Cam Akers Plus. I know that sounds crazy, but I would do it. I would 100% do that move. Alexander Madison's just getting volume right now. He's not being the most effective with it. He's looking okay, but those tend to change. And remember going into the season, one of the big concerns was if he can even handle a full workload uh, as a starting running back in the NFL. That still remains to be seen. We're only four weeks in and injuries do pile up. I do want to move on from Alexander Madison while he's still the bell cow. I'm doing it while he's still the bell cow. Those are my sells. Those are my buys. Let's check it out. I see some questions here in the chat. I see Jordan Love or Justin Fields on Instagram. I'm going with Justin Fields. I, I do think he's bounced back, but even if he hasn't, he's still really, really good. Justin Fields is going to be fine. Gogo Jin asks, is Trade Gods coming back? Yes, we just moved. Uh, we don't do Thursday nights anymore. We do every other Wednesday with the Dynasty Roundtable. So we were live last week. Uh, this week, it'll be Dynasty Roundtable. Next week, it'll be the Trade Gods again. But also check it out. I do do a video on our off weeks. I do a buy and a sell article every week that we're not live uh, with a little video attached to it as well. So go check that out. I did talk about the players that I talked about in my article already. I did buy Bryce Young and Jonathan Mingo and sell Zay Flowers for that video. But still, it'll be produced well. I went into a little bit more detail as well. So you could check that out when that drops later this week. Um. CJ looks amazing. Curious to see if it sustains once there's game film going around. Me too. But I do want to say, I feel like the Steelers would have been the team to kind of find something wrong in his film, right? I felt like Mike Tomlin would maybe see something or TJ Watt would give him fits, but he did it, but he did it. Right. So I do think CJ Stroud is honestly probably here to here to stay. The Matt Canada stuff is hilarious. Anthony says, this is so true. I don't know why people would use the employee email. And I've got to say, the, whoever did the forgot password, that guy genuinely is a genius. I know I already said it, but that is just so funny that that guy was able to go do forgot password and then just see that it was matt.canada at steelers.com. That's so funny to me. Just so funny to me. Uh, JMO going to get worked in slowly? Yeah, probably. Probably, but still, he's the type of player to do well. Um, Jerry Judy question mark. Uh, I still like Jerry Judy. I think he still has some potential, but his price tag is just a little bit too high. If you can get it for a decent price, I would do it, um, but I don't know. And it's hard to start him right now as well, uh, as well. Would you trade DeAndre Hopkins for Amari Cooper? No, I wouldn't. I think I would just hang on to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, yeah, you're right, Jamie. The Bears do have the Panthers' number one pick. They'll figure it out, though. They'll figure it out. Um, would you trade Jerome Ford for Laparta? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trading Jerome Ford for Sam Laporta every single day. You have Hurts, which is fair in your tight end concerns, but Zach Hurts will probably get hurt given his age and the usage right now. Um, and someone says you'd have to get a haul to move Keenan Allen right now. Yeah, I mean, I want a haul. But, I mean, if you could leverage Keenan Allen to put yourself in, like, a Jamar Chase discussion, I mean, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on. I know it's hard to sell players when they're at the ceiling. That's kind of the whole thing, right? No one really knows how to time a market in general stocks fantasy football it's tough to do it's tough to do and that's why when i see players at the top of their market regardless of how high they're playing you have to look to sell them because you can still get really really good returns how much higher can keenan allen get tell me tell me can keenan allen have another 50 point game yeah but is his value going to change no because he already did it right so keenan allen while he's playing well is at the top of his market 
plain and simple. Selling opportunity. Selling opportunity. And Anthony, you're right. Exactly. If we all knew how to time it, we'd all be billionaires. And that's what that's kind of just my whole thing, right? If you see a player at the top, you've got to sell because that is timing the market. And it could maybe not crash, but you could still at least get a similar return for the right value that, you know, you, you had less value. When I had Keenan Allen earlier this season, I didn't think I'd be able to sell him for what I could sell him for now, but now I can't. And so I'm looking to do it. And someone asks, finally, should you trade away Jonathan Taylor for Jackson Smith and Jigbo in a rebuild? I would probably look to get JSN plus, especially since you're a rebuild, you can afford to take your time with Jonathan Taylor. And this is, we have short-term memory, right? In fantasy football, but Jonathan Taylor is still one of the best running backs in the league. And he's still young, right? He's younger than Najee Harris, despite being in the league longer. That's one of the ones I always point to, right? So just don't worry about it. Hold on to J Jonathan Taylor. I know Jack Smith and Jigba is going to be awesome, but I wouldn't do a one-for-one -one trade. I wouldn't. I would, I would look to try to get something thrown in on top there for you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was another fun episode of The Wake and Take. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this YouTube channel, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, talking about Thursday night football, talking about some more news. I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a wacky Wednesday. Have a wacky Wednesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Have a good one. Peace.